0: it be too late to alter course matey and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove and mark well me words matey
1: dead men tell no tales <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules welcome aboard the black Club. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com.
0: I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com.
1: Thanks for joining us for Minute 108 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. We are again joined by special guests Cassandra and Norman from Lord of the Rings Minute. Welcome back, guys, and thanks for coming again.
0: Hi, thanks for having us.
1: I see we didn't abuse you so much that you actually ran off. So I guess that (laughs) means we were maybe on our best behavior last time.
0: I would hope so.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, we really do try to straighten up and at least straighten our act up when there's guests on. Every other time, though, it's pretty much like a free-for-all. You can picture it as like, well, if we are wandering the streets of Tortuga, people are getting slapped and there's ladies of the night hitting people Flintlocks blasting passers by, and of course, an ungodly amount of rum. So, that pretty much sums it up on well, a regular actually. episode. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, thanks for your positive influence. You're uh, welcome.
0: That's him, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're not going to take credit for that, huh? <laughs> um, nah. <laughs> if you can remind everyone who you are and a little about Lord of the Rings Minute, that would be kind of perfect.
0: Yeah. So we're from Lord of the Rings Minute. Um, It's very similar to this, only we talk about uh, Lord of the Rings uh, one minute at a time.
1: And are you actually involved in other podcasts?
0: Yes, I am. Um, Or did you
1: want to talk about those?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, on the off chance that any of your listeners watch Doctor Who, I'm on a Doctor Who podcast, and um, I also write and co-executive produce and direct and stuff a uh, an audio drama called Geek by Night, and you can find all of those at DuelingGenre.com, as well as our, our Lord of the Rings podcast, and yeah. many
2: others.
1: Many other Minute podcasts. Yeah. I know that we connected up, or at least we kind of first started talking on Twitter all those many months ago now, mm-hmm. when we first launched Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. And as I recall, you mentioned you had been involved <laughs> in some Pirates of the Caribbean fan fiction, so is that like putting you too much on the spot, or do you care to tell us a little bit about that? or?
0: Or is um, that something
1: we need to edit out? You know, like, put a walk no. the plank over that or something.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'm not ashamed of my my internet history, I the, guess. Your tra- the
2: transgressions <laughs> of your youth.
0: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I I'm a writer. So, when I get really interested and passionate about things, I like to write about them. And I was a... A wee bab at the time, I guess. I was, like, a teenager. And that's when, uh, like, fanfiction.net started blowing up. And so I was pretty active on there. I read a lot. I, like, dabbled in a few different fandoms. And uh, at one point, I was just revisiting... I think it was when the second movie came out. I was, like, revisiting, like, my pirate's passion, I guess. And so I was just like, you know what would be really funny if I wrote... Uh, a story from the point of view of Davy Jones, Kraken. So I, <laughs> I, I remember I wrote I wrote kind of like a day in the life of the Kraken, and it was just like a like a like a, like a, a really short like comedy piece. I couldn't tell you what it was called or just like what happened in it, but I just va- like I definitely remember writing this. <laughs> and-
2: just, I, I can just imagine it has like the. The emotional intelligence of like a puppy.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's just you know doing its thing, and he's like, "Oh man, why why does he you know ring the gong or whatever? I have to go eat some boats and just just you know." Just... I just
2: imagine that that like hears the gong, and it's just like, it's, "Oh,
0: it's dinner time. It's treat time." <laughs> so no, I I really I really enjoy I really enjoy um, these three movies um, the, the original three. Like the Will and Elizabeth pirate trilogy, I guess. Yeah. Because from what I understand, the fourth and fifth one are more about Jack. And I like Jack as a character, but Will and Elizabeth are my jam. So I was just, I don't know. (laughs) So I really, like, when this podcast got announced, I was super excited about it because I love these movies so much. And I'm just like, do I qualify? I wrote fan fiction from the squid's point of view. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm so now
1: everybody's going to be searching. No, I hope Google not, rankings totally are going to no. search. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Twitter I go. is going
1: to be trending on Twitter and all these things.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I have to delete those now. I don't even know where they are. <laughs>
1: I mean, if
2: they're still archived on fanfiction.net. Is fanfiction.net even still around?
0: I have no idea. I haven't been on in ages.
2: I... I have no idea. I used to read stuff on there, but that was a long time ago.
1: Well, I think we all know that we'll be checking it out later tonight to see if we can find it.
0: Oh man.
1: <laughs> so we're not encouraging any listeners to do so, but if you happen to just run across it, you can let us know.
2: <laughs>
0: and we'll hold it, you know, we'll
1: just we'll put it in the vault for you. We'll put it in the vault for you. There you
0: go. I would rather throw it into the fires of Mount Doom, but that's, that's, that's the wrong show.
2: So <laughs> it'll, be, it'll become a cursed thing.
0: Oh, no.
1: <laughs> in the previous minute, Commodore Norrington gives the universe a high five, a virtual pat on the back, and a word of thanks that he is not in a world where Murtaugh and Mulroy are co-Commodores. Instead, he can brush their na- naivety aside and only partially go along with the advice of the gentleman among gentlemen, Mr. Sparrow. Back in the treasure cave on Isla de Muerta, Captain Jack Sparrow channels his best cliche version of a used car salesman, asking Barbosa what he can do today to put him in that shiny Commodore. Looking under the hood, we find it's complete with the very makings of a fleet, a boastworthy flagship, and an added bonus of killing the whelp, Will Turner. The down payment is simply waiting to lift the curse. Minute 108 kicks off with Jack finally finishing his word and line Tune moment. Jack grabs a handful of Aztec gold from the cursed chest. For instance, after you've killed Norrington's men, the minute ends with Jack ordering the cursed crew all hands to the boats. Apologies, you give the orders. Barbosa begins to address his crew with gents. Dot, dot, dot.
0: Uh, oh, it's such a good line. I wish it was all in the same minute.
1: <laughs> I know. It's, uh... so this minute has
2: the thing I mentioned yesterday about the guy behind Will. Hmm. He, yeah, I think he that's looks polar, up yeah. from the, he looks up from the chest and gives like a sidelong glance at Barbosa just after Jack makes the coin disappear. But he doesn't say anything. And it looks like he sees what Jack just did. But would he really care all that much? Yeah. Maybe he's just in business
1: for himself. What was interesting is we saw, and we can rehash an earlier moment to kind of tie into this, is that Kohler, and this is one of the guys there that's holding holding them, he and Twig actually met Jack Sparrow back in the prison or the jail cell at Fort Charles. But then the entire cursed crew, the Black Pearl crew and Barbosa is completely surprised when Jack shows up at the island or in this island cave. Yeah. At the first time. And we're thinking, how come Kohler and Twig didn't tell... Captain Barbosa or any of the crew that, you know, hey, we just saw Jack Sparrow in jail, which is, you know, so he kind of he has this history of not telling anything, which is pretty interesting that you think that that would be the first thing off your lips when you come back to your ship is, wow, Jack Sparrow was in jail. And we thought he was marooned on that island. And apparently he didn't.
0: I said, I'm not sure how much he talks rather than grunts.
1: That's true. (laughs) That would signal to me that he probably doesn't
2: actually want any harm to come
1: to Jack. Maybe. Yeah, it's interesting, because I know Jack does tell him, I think, in one minute that he always liked him.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but he just gets growled at, so I think yeah. that's a proverbial growl, pirate growl from him. But And then he yeah. throws him on the plank. Well, it's interesting, because Bootstrap Bill, it never sat easy with some of the crew, especially Bootstrap, that they maroon Jack and... Yeah, and kind of got rid of him as captain with the whole mutiny thing. So I wonder right. if there's just other feelings like that that are on board. Mm. Especially, they might be blaming Barbosa for the whole curse thing. Like, hey, if Jack was still in charge, maybe we wouldn't be cursed still.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes. I mean, that makes sense to me.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, wouldn't wouldn't any pirate that was part of a mutinous crew kind of feel shame for it down the line if they thought maybe they'd have to find work with another crew somewhere? Wouldn't it be something that anyone would kind of be loath to do, except under really extreme circumstances? Because if you have a reputation for betraying your captain, no one's going to hire you on their boat.
0: That's true.
1: That's right.
2: That's where the whole idea of, like, honor among thieves comes from. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and they have a whole written code, this pirate code of brethren, and even articles for the ship, but this whole pirate code, that the whole idea is that you're not going to... Do harm to your fellow pirate, and that's exactly kind of what they did with Jack. Right. And I don't get the impression that Jack was a bad captain. They were just got a little too greedy. Well, they also he went along did with Barbosa's ego.
0: To bootstrap.
1: Well, yeah, bootstrap wasn't a pleasant thing for sure. But mm-hmm. ever since Jack sailed his way into the movie on the Jolly Mon, he he's always seemed to have this plan of action and a backup plan. And that's exactly what You were talking about when he kind of pockets the gold coin or the medallion there or the gold there, I guess we could say. It's not a medallion if it's not on the chain, I guess. We have seen every one of these plans like actually put into action and have some kind of resolution at some point. They're like these micro plans that we see immediately, the return, if that's going to work or not work. But this whole time so far, we actually haven't seen Jack's plan with the Aztec curse or to get the Black Pearl back. It's been like this whole secret until this particular minute. We really haven't seen where he was taking things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to point out that this is where Will finally gets a glimpse of Jack's plan as well. He's finally let in on some of the details. A little of the details. Yeah. Kind of a minute amount of details at <laughs> least. But it's more than he's ever had before.
0: I like I like how quickly um, Will is kind of starting to learn what Jack has been like teaching him through example. Like I like how quickly he just kind of picks up on what Jack is, is doing and he kind of misdirects their attention by like, you know, being outraged about it. Yeah. Um That's right. And I I don't know, I like that look that they share. Like, do you do you get what I, I'm doing? Can you like back me up here? <laughs> yeah.
2: And then yeah. and then we cut from Will's face directly to Barbosa who's giving Will a very suspect and kind of knowing look. Mm-hmm. So he definitely doesn't buy what Jack's selling. But think, he does, however, want a big hat.
0: Yeah, I think he does a little <laughs> bit. <laughs>
1: exactly. <The> hat <laughs> sold him.
0: <laughs> I think he does a little bit, but like he's, he's like Jack, so he's you know formulating two more other plans to get him out of a mess if a mess happens, when a mess happens.
1: Yeah, because yeah, the, taking the gold, the gold was actually just like an insurance. It's a piece of insurance for them. Yeah. In case something goes south, yeah. he at least has a curse that he's immortal himself and he doesn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. If or when something happens. I mean, basically what we've seen Jack. If something could happen, it will happen. Yeah. It's kind of what he does. But then he always manages to kind of stumble or have this kind of elaborate plan to get out of things. What we've also noticed, too, throughout the whole movie is that Jack always requires somebody to help him escape. He can never escape on his own, Mm -hmm. which has been really interesting to kind of track that through the movie.
0: Yeah. No, that is interesting because, like, the whole crux of, like, his mystery is like, oh, well, how did you get off that island? And he's, you know, he he spins all these stories, but really he's just like, no, I just, I needed needed help. I got lucky
2: and I got help. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How did you get out of the jail cell? Well, I got lucky and I got help. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like he's procrastinating death, and then he stumbles on getting lucky to get out of these situations, and it's just kind of his character, yeah, which is and
2: I mean that tracks across the next two movies too. Jack mm-hmm. can't get out of anything on his own, yeah, and maybe that has That's to right. do with yeah. like how he got the Black
1: Pearl in the first place. well, we do see some of that actually in the new movie, so. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, you'll you'll get some of that young Jack sequence stuff when you, yep. when you end up seeing that. So you'll be able to get answers to that question. So I won't spoil it for you now,
0: though.
2: <laughs> okay. But if I wonder if the nature of like the curse of the Black Pearl or having the ship in the state that it's in had some effect on Jack personally. And that's why he can't get out of scrapes by himself. He can't escape bondage without help because oh. he helped others escape bondage.
0: That's cool. I never thought of it, about it like that. That's deep. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Is. that's what I'm here for.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we can just all sit here and put our hands on our chins and think about that. I so know. the audience could just hold on and narrative. sit there.
2: That makes narrative sense to me, like as yeah. part of a it's, it's in and of itself a curse that binds Jack to the deal that brought the ship back.:
0: Yeah: That's really cool. Good job. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a,
1: a universal high five right there. Yeah.
2: Well thank you. I'll take my
1: little bow. <laughs> well the plan the entire time has been to get Will close or like close enough to lift the curse at the right time.
2: Right. And now
1: what we're seeing is the right time has well, the right time has always been when it's most profitable to Jack, but mm-hmm. now it's also that kind of coinciding with Will's most profitable time for him to end the curse as well. So they're kind of like come together at the end. Will has been this guy that's always been kind of pushing against Jack and while becoming a pirate and going down that pirate road. Mm -hmm. And Jack has been kind of leading him there, but now they're kind of two that have come together. And for both of them to win, to have that win-win scenario, they both have to end the curse at the same time Yeah, kind of thing.
2: I think it's interesting, this whole setup here because at the end of the day, It doesn't really matter how Jack gets, what happens to everyone else if Jack gets out of this. It doesn't really matter, but Jack's just too good of a person to let it go the other way. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, he has plenty of other ways out of this other than helping everyone else that he likes get out of this alive. (laughs) He doesn't necessarily have to help Will get out of this to get out of this himself.
1: Well, yeah, that's what's been interesting. And we've been, I think we talked about that when he saved Elizabeth. Is what was his real motivation to save Elizabeth? Was it always for himself? You know, was he doing that for himself somehow? Was that like a plan C or D that if he gets caught, then he saved this woman and maybe he can escape the military or justice on Port Royal? Or was his motivation just that he couldn't? let her drown and so he had to go do that even at risk of being captured or brought attention to himself
2: i think it's like two steps because i don't think that jack in that moment when he jumps in the water to save elizabeth was thinking ahead to the hostage hostage situation yeah. but he may have been thinking two steps ahead to well i'll save her because i don't want her to drown but if i save someone maybe it'll sow doubt into people as to whether or not i'm a bad person right, or or yeah. not they should let yeah. me go and then when that didn't turn out He's just like, well, my next best
1: option is you're hostage now, sweetie. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that's where I was going with that. Is that he may not have it all, but at least that's now like a card in his hand that he can play when he needs it. Yeah. And it just so happened that he needed to do it because Norrington and Governor Swan didn't really care.
0: Yeah. And I think it is I think it is oh a little bit of um that he is like a decent person, or at least he likes to think himself a decent person, because, like, the reason he has the, the Black Pearl in the in the first place is because he, you know, freed all those people. So there is, like, some kind of shred of, of morality that he keeps to. Um, so I think if he hadn't rescued Elizabeth, I don't think he would have been noticed. So I think that Jack has this this annoying tendency of of wanting to help people, but at the expense of himself, so that's why he has to, like, always be two steps ahead of everyone mm. so he can get out of them, just so, in case, like, they use that against him.
2: I have a question. Do we ever yeah. see Jack kill someone in one of these movies?
0: Uh, or, uh
1: We started to have that in or, our group. Or even
2: strike a blow that might be lethal against anyone that's not
1: a zombie pirate.
0: Well, I mean the end of this movie spoilers
1: <laughs> besides say Barbosa yeah the yeah. skeleton kind of deal yeah he does I mean, he kill, doesn't have a way out of it at that point that's right and the only other one that I can recall right now is and this is because we had to start to get the fine details like it's by his own hand not say crashing a ship or cannons or something like that at his command it's yeah. more of by his hand and the only other one that I think I could think of is during At World's End when he's in Davy Jones' locker and there's a bunch of these jacks, these kind of figments of his imagination, mm-hmm. that he kills one of the other jacks that's about to eat the peanut. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I think that was really the only time that we, we saw him kill somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't know if you guys have seen the, even the trailers. Have you seen any of the trailers for the Dead Men Tell No Tales?
0: Uh, we saw Wonder Woman the other day and there was one in front of that. And it had a little bit of like the, uh, it was like the Young Jack one.
2: Which looked, uh, the CG Young Jack thing looked so weird to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, they're doing this too much now.
1: Did you see, because I don't want to spoil it for you, but did you see what happens kind of, well, I'll leave, I'll let that go. But you kind of, I mean, it's kind of at his hand, but it's not. And I don't think he intended for people to die is kind of the whole main argument here is, that we don't really see him just as far as I can remember, and we'll have to kind of take a look at this that he actually kills somebody, and so that I think does talk to maybe this kind of own moral code that he adheres to himself mm-hmm. is that he always seems to find a way of getting out of things without really killing anybody and I think he only kills
2: and I think he only kills Barbosa because of the mutiny, I think that's the only reason, yeah. Like, if, if Barbosa had just been another pirate messing with his day, I don't think he would have gone out of his way to take vengeance on Barbosa. Right.
0: Because now it's like, per- like you tried to kill me and you yeah. took everything from me. So now yeah. I'm going to uh, return the you favor. You left me on a
2: beach with a bullet to yeah. shoot myself with. Yeah. And no food or water or anything. Mm-hmm. So this is what you get.
1: Yeah. But is it possible then that Jack, I mean, it's possible, I guess maybe, is it possible that Jack if he could have avoided even killing barbosa that he would have i think so
0: i i don't think so because i think that barbosa's actions are what crossed the line for mm. jack so i think that makes it okay in his eyes yeah. i
2: don't know i i i think that jack would have tried to assert authority or like that he was above barbosa in some way you know fight someone till they can't fight back yeah and then be like i'm done here there's no point in killing you
0: well, I mean, like, Jack's Jack's a whole arc in this movie is very similar to um, Inigo Montoya's. Like, it's just, like, a classic revenge story. Right. And that's, yeah. that's really what's driving him, and then Will gets in the way and yeah. mucks everything up. I think that's his motivation for this movie.
2: You know what? You know what I really think the line for Jack was? I don't think it was the mutiny. It was killing bootstrap.
0: Oh. But would he have known about that at the time where he was just, like... I'm going to save this bullet. And-
2: I mean, he was told pretty early in this movie.
0: That's true.
2: I
1: think right. you're right on that, yeah. actually. I do. I, I don't think... Because I think that he he is able to, I think, play nice around the mutiny thing. And it almost looks like he's willing to kind of let bygones be bygones if they just give him the black pearl back and call it yeah. a day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the bootstrap thing, I think, was something that really... Well, it irritated him.
0: It didn't sit well with him.
1: Yeah. Like you yeah, got like, the other crew. Well,
2: yeah, because he probably thinks of the bootstrap thing, and he's just like, why didn't you just do a bootstrap what you did with me? Just leave him somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Why did you actively go out of your way to to kill him?
0: Well, I think um, I think that like doesn't help Barbosa's situation, but I also think that if if that was the case, then Jack wouldn't have carried the the pistol all this time with him. Because that's one of the first things that we see at the beginning of the movie when he's um, captured by Norrington, and Norrington, you know, makes inventory of what he's got, yeah. and he makes a point of calling out the pistol. So he's had that for a while. Yeah. So, I don't know.
2: Maybe he really just plans on shooting Barbosa in the leg with it. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs>
0: yeah.
1: We're even. <laughs> you took my ship. I took your leg. <laughs> But that's what makes it the Princess Bride revenge story, though, is that he carried that. I mean, that was a constant reminder all right. the time. Yeah, that this is what happened.
2: And I, yeah, it is part of Jack's arc. It just seems counter to pretty much everything else he does that he would just carry this one grudge this whole time, compared to the way he acts with other people.
0: Well, nobody else has mutinied him.
2: That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And but it's not until he hears like that Bootstrap is dead that when Will shows up again he's he's like really all on board working with this kid. Mm.
1: Well, Jack's character is really this interesting kind of guy because he seems like this happy-go-lucky kind of pirate in a way. He's always putting yeah. on that front, but mm-hmm. then maybe he really is being eaten away at the inside with the whole Barbosa thing. I mean, I, I don't know. It it, it really cuz it is kind of a bit out of character for him to want to hold that grudge to a point cuz yeah, we don't it... see him doing a lot of these other things he, he really is kind of getting away he also he never even really
2: acts angry with
1: barbosa no that's right he never does and there's a few times that he kind of gets that where he's it's almost what we've called i think in the past where he's done playing the games and one of those is with elizabeth or not with elizabeth but when they're on the dock and he has to hold her hostage he finally yeah. stops with kind of the playful humor dialogue and gets serious and gets down to business. And he does that a few other times, but Barbosa, he's always still carried himself as that there, at least he's playing that I'm your buddy still, or you can trust me that kind of cliched, yeah. like I said, use car salesman type of guy that he's your best friend. But again, this is all to get in a position for where he can implement his plan. Yeah.
2: Cause like with Barbosa, he's always captain Jack Sparrow. But there are other moments in this movie where he's just Jack.
0: Yeah. That's right. Well, I, think, uh-huh. I think that Jack puts up a front with Barbossa because Barbossa, is, Barbossa got the better of him. And I think that's part of it, too. Like, he's very prideful. It's like, you bested me, yeah. and I'm the trickster character, and I can't let that stand.
1: Because Barbosa's a better pirate. Yeah. He is, too. Yeah. <laughs> At least the classic. I mean, that's the, the cool thing about Barbossa. He brings in those classic pirate elements.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to know yeah. so much more about Barbosa's
1: backstory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, there is a little bit that you can get in dead men tell no tales, but it's still not a it's lot. It would really tiny. be interesting to have like a Barbosa movie. Yeah. Where yeah. that is kind of an like, offshoot of that. How do him and Jack meet? How does he become like,
0: right? Because he's Jack's like first mate, right? Yeah. Like
2: how does this happen? They're obviously friends before the mutiny. Mm-hmm especially with the way that they talk to each other cuz even barbosa never really like he's condescending with jack but he's never really all that aggressive towards him.
0: Yeah.
1: No, and I'd have to remember what was in the expanded universe. There's a huge expanded universe with Pirates of the Caribbean and now I can't remember the barbosa interaction unfortunately. It's it's now slipped my mind right now.
2: Cuz I definitely think he likes Jack.
0: I agree. I think he finds Jack uh, amusing,
2: and I mean, he definitely—he never underestimates Jack. Not really. Yeah. He just doesn't think no, every- he's going to get off that island. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. Everybody else will underestimate Jack, but Barbosa is one that really doesn't. Except that he does make the mistake of putting him back on the island if he really wanted him to stay there.
2: Well, he doesn't know how he got off in the first place, so he probably just no. Thought- that's
0: <laughs> yeah. It's pure luck. <laughs>
1: it was sea turtles that he yeah. roped with hair from his back. That's actually how he did it.
2: Cuz I mean in the climax of this movie really tries to sell you that Barbosa and Jack are equals.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like in pretty much every way. Mm-hmm. And while Jack is a is a um, is a very animated trickster, Barbosa is a very sly trickster.
0: He's very cunning, yeah.
2: Like. Mm-hmm. Jack is very is animated and charming. Charming is the word for Jack. Jack is charming and Barbosa is cunning. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different things.
1: I think that's a great description for yeah. those, and that's why they actually work really well together.
0: Yeah, they're really good foils for each other because
2: mm-hmm. they're both very smart. Yes, I just love the look on Barbosa's face when he starts to smile after Jack offers him, "I'll buy you a hat." Yeah, a really <laughs> yeah, <big> yeah. Hat. <laughs> yeah. The hat's a big thing. It's such a it's such a good shift in expression because mm-hmm. it goes from like suspect. To, like, whimsy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this movie actually does a really good job of doing that, where they can have that serious moment, but then they can introduce some of that, like you said, whimsy. Yeah. And it, it constantly is, is shifting with that. And you see that a lot with some of the pairings between Mulroy and or specifically with Intel and Rigetti yeah. and Kohler and Twig, because... They will, those two, Pintel and Rigetti, have this kind of humorous side to them and play off each other. But then they also play off some of the more serious pirate characters who are kind of always giving them the eye and grunting or growling at them. And just thinking, why are we dealing with these two buffoons? That's kind of the the general gist of some of those other guys. But Verbinski, the director, had to do a reshoot after some test screens in this particular scene because they wanted to capture jack actually pocketing or doing the sleight of hand with the coin because the test audiences were really got really confused after seeing it they didn't know what happened and they because they didn't really see or they saw that they grabbed the coins and then as he's putting them back they didn't put one or two and two together that He actually kept one of them. And so afterwards and during their questionnaires and their feelings on the film, they were just, you know, was Jack always cursed? Was he always a skeleton and we just never saw it? Or when did this happen? And so they actually had to go back and do some of that Just do a reshoot and then they did a reverse and stuff like that just to be able to get him showing that coin or that gold that he pocketed that to help clear that up for the audience. Because even some of the critics and things, I guess, were even confused. Even after the movie came out, what was going on here? Yeah, because I
2: think the first time I saw this movie, I questioned whether or not Jack was cursed the whole time.
0: I don't remember. It's been so long.
2: Because... Do we ever see him step into like the, the computer-added beam of moonlight before the climax of this movie? No. Yeah, so they go out of their way not to do that with yeah, him. Yeah,
0: because that's a big, like, the big twist.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: they so, don't do that, actually. So they
2: give yeah. you a visual cue to think that maybe he was cursed the whole time. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of playing with both. But that's also very Jack, to kind of play with both
1: angles. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Because he always keeps us guessing throughout the movie. What what is he gonna do or is he gonna get out of this? Does he care? But I think they did at the end a little too much where the audience actually, without that one scene, just didn't have any clue as to what happened. Because it is a
2: it is a very small moment, but it does it does say a lot, not just about Jack, but also about Will. Because Will obviously sees him pocket it.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was wondering. Does Will is that when Will maybe really starts to does he trust him or does he just trust that there's a plan in motion? That's the thing. How far is the trust going that Will is ready to stake his life on that?
0: I don't know if Will trusts him like completely, but I think that Will has spent enough time with Jack to really understand that Jack is two steps ahead of where we where Will is. Yeah. So I think he trusts that Jack either has a plan or is working on a plan.
2: Yeah. I think he's gotten to this. He's gotten to this point in the movie where he might not necessarily trust Jack completely, but he respects Jack.
0: Yeah, or at least respects the fact that Jack is very slippery and able to save himself. Yeah. and it, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah.
1: He's, yeah. he's hoping if he plays along, Jack will save him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can take that, <laughs> or at I'll, least open the door for that to be able to save. Yeah, that he can get out. And I
2: do have another thing about this minute because I remembered because I mentioned. It <laughs> I mentioned yesterday I had a counterpoint to this whole. Um, oh, that's right. Just being consumed by greed thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the way that they haggle, Barbosa goes way too low on the cut of the plunder to agree if he's consumed by greed.
0: Well, he starts at That's true. Giddy. Yeah.
2: But he goes all the way down to 25.
0: That's yeah. Half of,
2: that's, that's half of his starting offer.
0: That's still, like...
2: That's not consumed by greed. That's
0: more than double what Jack initially proposed, though.
2: That's true. <laughs> but it's not him, like, really pressing.
0: Yeah, that's true. But it's also haggling. Like they're both yeah. they're both maneuvering. It's like a it's like like I was saying yesterday, like a verbal chess right. game. Like they're both kind of feeling each other out, uh, and like trying to figure out where exactly they can maneuver next.
1: But Barbosa always finds a loophole in the accords or the yeah. deals that he makes. Yeah. So maybe he has like some kind of he's gonna add a tax onto that, you know. Oh well we gotta have a tax. You <laughs> yeah, know. plus or, interest uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: After he gets his hat, though.
1: Yeah, of course. After that, he gets the hat. He doesn't want to do that until he gets the hat. Mm-hmm. He's got to have that big hat. <laughs> yeah. really big one. Does he say a big hat or the big hat?
0: He Up says a, the hat. He says the hat, and then he says a really big one.
2: Huh. So, it's just so like I'm wondering. So he must mean specifically like the the navy style military admiral hat, like, like the, the, the hat. Yeah.
0: Admiral hat, yeah. Unless they went window shopping together at one yeah. point in time. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, they were and- <laughs> strolling Port Royal together one time, and then they saw the hat in the shop, and they both just loved it.
0: Where's that fan? And
1: Barbosa was <laughs> just like, That's the hat, Jack. That's the hat I want <laughs> if I to become fun. a
2: Commodore. <laughs> and Jack's like, You know, someday I'll get you
1: that hat, Barbosa. Is that
0: his <laughs> bug? Like, just this hat? That that's, the,
2: <laughs> that's the
1: moment they became friends. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, they were both looking at the hat in the window, and then they turned to each other, and he said, hey, I could use a first mate. And, <laughs> and it's the beginning of their relationship was born. <laughs> <laughs> then you have your romantic comedy that
2: ends, <laughs> that ends with meet me, and then we have to wait for the sequel. <laughs>
1: well, this will end up on the internet, won't it? <laughs> 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 so do you have anything else? Anybody have any... I just other?
0: didn't realize that Jack was actually a magician.
2: Yeah, he is. <laughs> his,
0: with his sleight of hand, you know. <laughs> it's a very
2: it's a very classic trickster trope to do a little
1: bit of sleight of hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the only, it's the only
2: time he does something in this movie, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. Hmm. He has other elements that are kind of magician-like, but other than that, it's... Well, he's always waving his hands. Really mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he is.
1: <laughs> He's throwing people off. He's he, distracting. He can't them.
0: control those hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we head out then, uh let us know where everyone can find you again and basically all the plugs so people can track you down uh-huh. online.
0: Yeah, so we're from duelinggenre.com or you can find us at Lord of the Rings Minute dot com. And we're on Twitter at L O T R Minute.
1: Sounds good. And I assume you'll be back again tomorrow. I hope so. Aye. <laughs> well as long as we get like paid tribute then, then we'll make that happen
0: oh okay I right. see how
1: it is 10% <laughs> <laughs> that's an easter egg from Dead Men Tell No Tales I just want to get you out there to go see that so you could then let us know what you think of it <laughs> okay awesome but we'll be back tomorrow with minute 109 of the Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute until then let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum Arr. Heather! Heather! Pliny, she always disappears right after the show. Get me my grog, she says. Probably at the Faithful Bride Tavern. Uh, again. <laughs> Heather, are you in there?
0: Bring me my grog, you scurvy barkeep.
1: Mother's love, what are you doing in here? You always take off before telling everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. So get on with it, Savvy!
0: I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. That means no.
1: I know what it means. It means you're getting another rum, and I'm thanking the listeners. Thanks for listening, Scallywags. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637PIRATE. We just might feature your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at BlackPearlMinute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on BlackPearlMinute.com. It's that easy. Now get out of here, you filthy bilge rats.